0: progressive
1: rugby league ladies and gentlemen welcome to the progressive rugby league podcast it's John o Duncan here with Big Al and I know last last episode we mentioned we wouldn't do a regular episode for a few weeks but you know what we we're in the area and we thought we'd pop into your headphones so how you doing and especially after what uh, happened over the weekend we thought there's plenty of grist for the progressive rugby league mill so we thought um, let's chat about it so Big Al how you going
0: uh, I'm going well. Thanks for, thanks for having me here and thanks for having me in your headphones as well. Um, oh, so yes, this is an irregular episode and it will be irregular because we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it we're, short we're and not, snappy. We're not going to prattle on.
1: No, that's right. So let's get started. Why don't we talk about the World Club Challenge first up. And uh, It was a really interesting game between the Roosters and the Wigan Warriors. The Roosters came out on top, of course, but it was you know a great atmosphere. It was great to watch uh, from my lounge room on a on a Monday morning is a great <laughs> way to start the working week actually uh, started in a very good mood so a bit of rugby league on a Monday morning Australian time and in the end the Roosters were just too good yeah
0: I mean it was always going to be a big it would be a big ask for any like well, Roosters were the, the number one team from the NRL last year it would be a big yeah. ask for any, any club to beat them um, so, good on Wigan for putting on a, a pretty good show. I reckon, mm. had they had the time again, they would have done things a bit differently, been a bit more prepared at the beginning of the game, I yeah, think. Yeah,
1: I think they'll definitely rue, especially those first three tries uh, from Brett Morris uh, down that left edge where they yeah. were pretty soft uh, attempts at, at getting uh, stopping him, basically. Yeah, uh,
0: doesn't Brett Morris look hungry? Like, yeah, He's got right. he eye of the tiger at the moment.
1: Yeah, no, it was good on him. But uh, other than that, Wigan equipped themselves quite well. Uh, it was competitive game for for most of the game. I think they fell short. The kicking game was pretty poor for most of the game. I felt um, the Roosters physically just seemed a, a little bigger, especially in the outside backs. Yeah. Um, case in point, Brett Morris, of course. But it was a great occasion, and I think um, you know it's been a great week, a great build up, and I think Trent Robinson uh, can take a lot of credit for that. I think. Yeah, definitely.
0: So Trent Robinson uh, has he's made this game important. It, it might not have still got the airtime. People like John and I would have liked in Australia, but he's made the team treat it like a real, fi- like the real fixture that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after the game, he was there. Was an article about him um, talking about getting the World Club Challenge locked in for the next twenty years because mm. the World Cup Challenge. Is just a casual phone call between like <laughs> CEOs at the end of each season, going, "Oh, all right, yeah. we, should, we should get together sometime and have a have a World Club Challenge game." Now that we're both premiers,
1: it's very much a year to year proposition, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a bit shaky. It's um, it's not what uh, a, a game like that deserves to be. Yeah. It should be a, a a known fixture beforehand, um, because every year it's a like, will they, won't they? Is, it, yeah. is he going to be on this year? That's right. Um, and that should not be the case for such
1: what should be such a prestigious event. And I think I I read uh, Super League chief. I think his name is Mr. Elston Robert Elston maybe and he was saying that uh, the World Club Challenge is undervalued and they want to you know make it an event where maybe they take it to different cities every year Mm. uh, you know outside of the UK and Australia so that's maybe not a bad idea as well
0: yeah I I hope that's um, that's not just lip service because people always chuck out putting on a game in the Middle East or America yeah, that's that's right. because <laughs> like, I think that that's great idea is anything that can build the profile of sport and also the profile of, of that, that fixture specifically. Yeah.
1: Um, I really think there's a lot of, there's a great opportunity, yeah. there's a lot of work to do. That's right, okay, well that was a, a great game and uh, you know, kudos to the Roosters there. Now let's talk about the Indigenous All-Stars game, the Indigenous All-Stars versus the New Zealand Maori game that was a, a really fantastic occasion for the game. And geez, the game in Australia desperately needed some some good news, and this was really a wholesome occasion. It was a feel-good fixture, brilliant, uh, you know, fan reaction, interaction, and and the quality of football was right up there. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. It was it was. Um, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't say it was happy because that's exclusively French, <laughs> but it was a similar style. Like it was really open, expansive, um, and it was just great. really refreshing to see football again. Like yes. I felt like I was. Yeah, it was just really nice to sort of wash off all the the, the, the dust from the the events past and just yeah. look at uh, what again what the game is, which is a fantastic
1: um, a fantastic showcase
0: of athleticism and sportsmanship.
1: And what about that indigenous All Stars backline? You know, players yeah. like oh. James Roberts, Adokar, thats a world class yeah. uh, backline, yeah—and could be probably better than any backline in the world. That's that's how good that was. It was amazing. It was yeah. high quality rugby league. There was uh, a bit of. Um, excitement before the game. There were the, the tribal war dances, the Maldi Haka, and the Aboriginal war dance, the, the challenge. What did you think of that? That was really like uh, nerve-jangling, goose-bump
0: yeah, projecting. Yeah, I, I think those, and this is, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I mean, I have not really noticed the uh, the occasions of, like, Haka on Haka, war dance on war dance ceremony before, since, like, it really only came known to me in the 2017 World Cup, right? Um, but, Tonga and yeah, but since then, like every single time um, this happens, it's it's spine tingling. And yeah, this one was no different. I I really like the um, the indigenous war cry. Mm. Um, it wasn't a haka because it's not. It's very yep. very different. Um, and when uh, when the team when the indigenous team was uh, getting closer and closer to the Maori team, and Tyrone Roberts and Josh Adakar broke out in that knock-knee Indigenous um, dance. Yeah, I I loved it. It looked. Yeah. it was just amazing to watch. And they got
1: you know nose to nose, and I loved at the end of that the, the show of respect between the two teams for each other's cultures. Yeah, um, that was really nice. Good,
0: good friendly handshakes before kickoff.
1: And I tell you, there was a bit of controversy. I think it was kind of manufactured by you know the culture warriors out there. Mm. But uh, a bit of controversy about uh, some of the Indigenous All Stars players not singing the Australian national anthem. Uh, for me, like I say, it was a bit um, manufactured. This controversy. But what did you think?
0: Yeah, I think uh, in a, a game, in the current in the current climate, uh, uh, that game was always going to produce some kind of story about yeah. something similar to this. It just happened that this was this was the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way Cody Walker and Laurie Daly handled the question in the press conference was amazing, especially mm. for someone like Cody Walker who's not. You're not going to call him a superstar of the game. Mm. He's he's known like, and he's a, he's a regular first grader, but he's not a regular captain of his club. Yeah. He's probably not normally uh, sitting in on press conferences. And for someone to throw that question and the, the way he responded to it, I thought was, was top class. Um, yeah. And Laurie Daly as well,
1: absolutely. And, and you've got to think. I was saying last week, you know, when to be empathetic, you need to use your imagination. So let's use our imagination and put ourselves in try to put ourselves in the shoes of our indigenous. Uh, Brothers and and sisters out there. And this is um, a culture that has been put through the ring over the last 200 odd years. And generation well, firstly, you know, violence through um, the frontier wars, and then generation upon generation uh, being, you know, beaten down uh, for for decade upon decade, and it gets worse and worse, and the gap gets wider and wider between Indigenous and non Indigenous Australians. Um, If I'm in that position and I'm an Indigenous Australian playing football, I'm definitely not going to sing the national anthem. Yeah. And, and especially in the case where, in this game, it's really crystallised now that the Māori All-Stars are part of the contest because it gives a, a counterpoint, a comparison um, to what's happening in New Zealand, how New Zealand uh, deal with their Indigenous issues mm. of the past. And you've got their, um, you know the, the National Anthem for instance has a Maori verse it's sung oh, in both I languages it was like it was never
0: the difference had never been more obvious than in that game when they'd just finished singing the New Zealand National Anthem in both Maori and yeah. English yeah. and then Advanced Australia Fair comes on as, yeah. as like the anthem for the Indigenous team That's and right. it just it, it was, yeah. I, was
1: su- I was surprised that there were players in the Indigenous All-Stars team that sang it actually yeah. and you yeah. know like i say if i'm uh, using my imagination putting myself in their shoes i probably would have taken a knee <laughs> you know yeah. so um and the other thing is in my whole life of watching rugby league and sport in general you know singing the national national anthem has never been compulsory i i can You can go through any major sporting (laughs) event, and I could show you dozens of players who are not singing the national anthem, not even thinking about the national anthem. There was some
0: pretty good stuff going around on on Twitter, believe it or not, after the game or in the days following the game, showing you know like Boyd Cordner not singing uh, the anthem in front of Origin and demanding that he be stood down, (laughs) disrespecting and all that sort of stuff. Like you don't have to sing it; It doesn't matter if you don't sing it. All all these
1: um, culture warriors calling out the Indigenous All Stars about this. I bet you when they're at a game and then the national anthem comes on. They're like, you know, talking to their mates, having yeah, a sip yeah, of beer, yeah, like, yeah. can't wait till it's over. So I thought it was a bit of uh, unfortunate hypocrisy there. Now, what else has happened uh, over the last week? I wanted to really bring up this amazing uh, occurrence that's, that's come up, and it's it's in the form of the Learning Disability Super League mm. that's being formed. And I think this has got to be one of the more progressive um, things in modern sport that I've, I've seen in a long time and, and basically what it is, there's a, a Super League competition where actual Super League clubs are represented by people with learning disabilities and I think it's kicking off in May over the magic weekend, the magic round in the Super League and so there's 12 clubs, uh, nine Super League clubs plus I think York City, Newcastle Thunder which is a League One club and another, another non-Super League club whose name escapes me for the moment but I just think kudos to Super League and the RFL. We've given a bit of heat over the last uh, few weeks or few uh, months. But, you know, this is a really impressive uh, and progressive moment for the game. Once again, showing rugby league's credentials as an inclusive, community-based sport. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't be prouder, to be honest.
0: I would say when it comes to... um Finance, the RFL are pretty clueless, But when it comes to doing really great things on the field, they've, they've got um,
1: some pretty good ideas. They've, they've all, you've got to respect that they've always um, had their local constituents, their local community um, front of mind. And yeah. sometimes that's been at the cost of uh, expansion, for instance. Yep. Uh, we are talking about New York last week. But, um, you know, you've got to give credit where it's due. So that's going to be really exciting. So look out for that. I think it starts in May. I think there was, might have been a trial game earlier in the week between Wigan and, and St. Helens. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's great to see. And it's, it's great for those people who have learning difficulties. It's great for their families. It's great for the whole community. So um, I really wanted to, to bring that up. And congratulations to the RFL and Super League. Now, it is a short episode, but that doesn't mean we can't have our weekly fixture, which comes in the form of... Slug the gal and me, we like what we see When it comes to French-Canadian
0: Rugby be
1: 13 So, let's, um, let's talk quickly what happened over the weekend with our uh, sweet babies in terms of the Toronto Wolfpack, they had a good victory in a real heavyweight clash with the Witness Vikings the championship, who started really well in the first two weeks and they were playing in the city of Newcastle, I think it was a doubleheader with the Newcastle Thunder and they were too good in the end. They won 30-6. And it was a, a tight game. I think at half time. it was 8-0. I, I saw a bit of the game on online. On, you can watch it internationally if, uh, if you're not in Canada or the UK. You can watch it on CBC Sports' website, which I did. I'm and Jimmy assuming
0: you didn't ask me to watch it with you because you're in the bathroom again?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watch all my rugby league on the phone <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> Just being transparent. Uh, and look, I tell you what. It was good to see Toronto spreading the ball. They gave the ball quite a bit of air. And they've got uh, Ricky Latelli in the left centre position there, and he was pretty unstoppable. And, and he is you know, head and shoulders above pretty much every other outside back in that mm. competition. So I think they've got the uh, memo, give it to Ricky, and he'll create something for his, his winger and his inside and outside men.
0: Forgive me for not knowing Who's the coach Of the Wolfpack now Because Rowley
1: got Yeah yeah It's uh, McDermott The old uh, Brian McDermott From mm-hmm. uh, he, he won many Super League titles With Leeds Rhinos So right, He's um, he a A cunning Operator So You'd expect him to, to be on top Of everything So Look It was a real Statement performance By the Wolfpack It was a game That people were, were Questioning Whether you know How good is Witness How good is Wolfpack uh, Wolfpack are, Turns out Wolfpack's great And is They're good Good without being great so far. But hey, like we said last week, it's very early in the season and things can happen, injuries and yeah. loss of form, that sort of thing. And interestingly, there's a bit of news out and about that Toronto Wolfpack are about to sign a rugby union international. This is interesting. I mean International from where? Well, I mean, there's a bit of speculation that someone jokingly said, it, is it Sonny Bill Williams? Sonny Bill Williams. Oh, Can you imagine? That
0: would be the icing on the cake. That would be. SV dubs all the way over to
1: Toronto. If if David Argyle got Sonny Bill Williams to Toronto Wolfpack, I'm telling you, knighthood. Be, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be calling for a knighthood uh, for David Argyle. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It might be, people are saying it might be Owen Farrell or is a Farrell. Who I think mm. uh, is to be a
0: rugby union international, by definition, means you just have to have played rugby union for your country. Yeah, look.
1: Um, yeah, so
0: that, so that could be any. Country. It could be a
1: four year are right. It could yeah. be a former international. But the, the sort of intimation was, was that it was a high quality, high class player of the present, not just some guy who once played for Japan in the nineties. <laughs> could be Craig Wing. God, imagine (laughs) Craig Green. That'd be pretty good. I think he's uh, well in his forties now. So, you know, always as always, so much to talk about when it comes to the Wolfpack. Now, let's also talk quickly about Toulouse Olympique, and we were worried last week because they weren't off the mark. They had two losses to start the season with, but my goodness gracious me, good performance at home against Rochdale. Uh, They won forty-two to ten, I believe. Mm. So they're off the mark. And some, you know, as you'd expect, some dazzling tries from the, the boys in blue. Yep.
0: I, I never I never want to celebrate a Rochdale loss because I'm, I'm a big Hornets man. Oh, of course, yeah. But we'll well, have... it is good. It's good to see Toulouse get off the mark.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And news coming out this week for Toulouse that they'll be playing their game, I think it's in April against Toronto Wolfpack, at uh, the Toulouse Rugby Union Stadium, which holds 20,000 people in May. So that's, that's a good sign. So it'll be interesting and to do, see. Now, do you think that's... They,
0: they've they changed that because they think they're going to outsell the capacity of, of where to lose normally. Sell
1: well, I was reading into this a bit, and I think they're having issues with their redevelopment of their own stadium. Right. So they're currently playing sort of at an out-of-town stadium wow. or it's not quite as central and easy to get to. So um, it's
0: not a demand-based... I don't think so (laughs) but you know
1: apparently this uh, rugby stadium is very central and it's very easy to um, access for people of Toulouse so let's hope they get a great crowd it'd be great to see you know who knows 10,000 maybe it's it's a 20,000 capacity stadium so good on your Toulouse and of course to finish off this update our new sweet babies of uh, this segment the French Canadian Rugby League update London Broncos had a loss so they're one from three Uh, they lost to Tim Sheen's whole KR yeah well
0: it's pretty hard to overcome any kind of Sheen side so that's right. That Sheen factor but I mean they were leading for a while and, and I think
1: they've confirmed that they're going to be competitive and uh, throughout the season so you know well done London Broncos so that's all that's about all we have time for this week like we said we're going to keep it short and snappy so it's good to be in your headphones again and we'll see you in a couple of weeks
0: see you next week folks see ya in Rugby league we trust.